Hello everyone and welcome to this special Christmas podcast from the audio team here at Witch. I'm Lucia Ariano and I host the Witch Money Podcast. And I'm Grace Farrell and I host Witch Investigates. And I'm Rob Lilly, and as well as working with Lucia and Grace on their podcasts, I also host our newest podcast, and that's Witch Shorts. Now, we've teamed up for this special episode to answer some of the consumer questions that have come in from our listeners over the last year. Over the last few weeks, you've been emailing in your questions to podcasts at witch.co.uk, covering the breadth of topics we've discussed across our shows in 2022. So today, we've got together to get you some answers from some of our brilliant team of experts here at Witch. So without further ado, let's get on with it. We're recording this on Christmas Eve while the nation is preparing for, I think, a slightly different type of Christmas this year. You know, at the end of 2021, when we rounded up the biggest news stories on the Money Podcast, we were talking about soaring energy bills and sky-high inflation, not really too dissimilar to headlines today. But now the energy price cap is nearly double what it was this time last year. And inflation, well, the latest figure is 10.7% for November, more than twice the inflation in November 2021, which was 5.1%. And this is really just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I promise this show isn't going to be all doom and gloom, far, far from it. But it has been a tough year for many people, hasn't it? And to go back to my point at the start, a kind of different type of Christmas this year. Yeah, it really feels that, doesn't it? It's nice that Christmas mm. is is here now and we've all had the opportunity to celebrate at the time at which you're listening to this. Hopefully you've had the chance to to have a really enjoyable Christmas. But throughout the course of the last year, I think, you know, the, the cost of living crisis has really played into everything we've been doing. I mean, for me, me and my fiance, we've bought our first flat this year. Which Congratulations. Is very, thank you very much. Very exciting. We're moving in the first week of January. So wow. but it's really exciting. But of course, we know what's yeah. been going on with mortgage rates, rising inflation playing into that as well. So obviously, that's been quite a big stress for me personally this year. And then when it comes to Christmas, I guess it's it's been kind of doing what you can, but on a bit of a budget this year. I don't know about either of you, but I've especially been very conscious of when I've been buying gifts and stuff like that. And and even like, even some of the food, been trying to look out for some of the best deals out there. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely done Christmas on a smaller scale this year. I think I've, I've just been thinking a lot more about everything I spend. And to be honest, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a pretty tough year for most of us now, financially, as we come into this new year. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've I've really actually found that the work we've been doing here at Witch over the last year to kind of help our audience navigate the cost of living crisis, it's been really rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. It has been. And really, the cost of living crisis has dominated a lot of the work that we're doing at Witch, as it has the headlines and all of the podcasts that we've been a part of this year. Absolutely. Now, I think we should get into our first question from our listeners. So I'll be answering any that have come in off the back of which investigates. Lucia's going to be answering anything kind of money related. And Rob will be answering anything that's been inspired by which shorts. So the first question, this comes from Mo. He says, Listening to your Investigates episode on how we can reduce our energy bills from earlier in the year, there was a lot of talk around things we can do to make our homes more energy efficient. What options are there and are there any schemes available to help? I mean, that's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about recently, as have we all. 
And to answer it, we've got witch energy expert Emily Seymour. There are lots of things that we can do to make our homes more energy efficient and it really depends on your household and the sorts of energy that you use and that you think your home loses. So for most of us, one of the biggest ways that our homes could do with being more efficient is in the way that we use gas, um, particularly for central heating, because most UK homes tend to be fairly inefficient when it comes to heat loss. So the big one for that is, of course, insulation. Lots of people have been talking about that this year. And for insulation, there are lots of different sort of levels, depending on how committed you are, how much money you have to spend. The easiest and kind of first entry point is just draft proofing. So if you go around your house, have a look at things like doors, windows, cracks in floorboards or your loft hatch, that kind of thing. And just have a think about where heat is leaving your home um, and how you can maybe improve that. So anything from sort of uh, the foam strips that you can buy at DIY shops to kind of more in the way of rugs and curtains um, to just try and make sure that every time you've got the heating on all that heat is staying inside your house and you're not losing it to the outside world. The other thing we can do to be more energy efficient is really use your heating controls and use the controls on your boiler to your advantage. Um, So lowering your boiler's flow temperature if you have a combi boiler is an easy first step. We've actually got on the Witch website a really handy guide to how to do that, a step-by-step instruction for anybody who wants to lower the temperature of their combi boiler. Now what that ends up doing is means that the the water that's flowing around your central heating system is going to be at a lower temperature. But ultimately, your rooms will still get up to the same temperature that you've set. So you don't have to um, adjust your thermostat. Um, It's really just about the temperature of your central heating system. So there are schemes available to help making these sorts of improvements. And the government has something called the Eco Plus Scheme. Now, that stands for Energy Company Obligation. And it means that energy companies have um, an obligation to pay a certain amount of money in grants towards their customers making these improvements. Now, this is mostly available for people who are living in particular either vulnerable households or homes with particularly low incomes. Um, And usually that means you'd be um, eligible for other state benefits. And you also have to have a home which has low energy efficiency. Um, And you can tell that from your EPC certificate. So if you have um, a home that's rated C or lower, then you could be eligible. Well, thank you to Emily. She really isn't an energy guru. Sorry, Grace, did you just say she really isn't an energy guru? No, I said she is an energy guru. It definitely sounded like isn't. Why would I say that? I actually think it was is. It definitely sounded like I isn't, think it isn't. was is. <laughs> Not, but I don't want to fuel this fire. So <laughs> I was going to ask you what your favourite energy tips have been that you've learned so far this year because I we I feel like we've done so much energy saving content. What Rob and Lucia? What's what's the the best sort of tidbit you've picked up this year? For me, it was definitely what Emily was saying there about turning down your the the boiler temperature uh, because. As Emily mentioned there, and as we've got on the video that she mentioned with with our brilliant colleague Harry, I think, who was uh, kind of presenting that, if you just turn down the temperature, even just a little bit, 
the room still warms up. It still gets to the same temperature that you want it to, but it just might take a little bit longer. But it could save you like over a hundred, over a hundred pounds, I think it was, which is just, yeah. you know, as well, as we mentioned at the start of this episode, every little helps, doesn't it? Absolutely. And listeners, if you do want to see how to do that, we've got um, a social media reel that's on the Witch Instagram account. Yeah. And just to add to that, I would say mine is probably the draft proofing tips because some of them are really quite budget friendly, aren't they? And just not feeling a draft can I think help you feel a bit more cozy and feel like you're not not kind of as cold right now, you know? And it's a cheap solution, isn't it? That's that, that's the thing. Exactly. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, definitely. My favourite's been heated throws. I always kind of associated with them with my um, grandma's generation, like an electric blanket, but they've having a moment. Yeah, I used to have one of those at uni. They are brilliant mm. and they're so cheap to run, honestly. I mean, they're like three, three P an hour, some of them to run. Um, and you, you know, you compare it to kind of heating your whole house. That's it, isn't it? Because we're talking about heating full rooms potentially that you're not even using. And, and, and Grace, I'm right in thinking, aren't I? I did turn the TV on one lunchtime to see you talking to Denise Van Outen and Steph on Steph's Pat Lunch about how to use these heated throws. That was a, that was a fun lunchtime. I did, <laughs> I did. And they're converts as well. All the cool people are using electric blankets. Again. It's true. Now, we'll put a link to the scheme that Emily mentioned uh, in the description for today's show. And it's also worth saying we've got loads of energy saving tips on the Witch website in the cost of living help section. So that's definitely worth checking out. On top of the soaring costs of energy bills and, of course, food and fuel, you know, the list goes on. We've also seen 12 months of rising interest rates to try and curb that inflation, which means mortgage rates, too, have been rocketing. I know that's something you've been affected by, Rob, as have I. And, you know, it's going to be adding potentially hundreds to many people's biggest outgoing. So this brings me to our next question on mortgages. If you're looking to buy or soon to be remortgaging, you'll be really interested to hear this one. Here's Emma's question question. Hi Witch, my question is all about the property market. What is going to happen in 2023 and will my fixed term mortgage rates be coming down anytime soon? Now to answer this one, we've roped in the help from an expert that Money Podcast listeners may well recognise. She's been on the show many times over the last 12 months. Here's Anisha Beveridge, Head of Research at Estate Agents Hamptons. Gosh, well, all eyes are on mortgage rates as we think this will really sort of set the tempo for house prices in 2023. There are several uncertainties weighing on the market next year, and it's inevitable that price growth slows from the double digit peaks that we saw in the summer of 2022. But I think whether prices actually fall or not will very much depend on the mortgage market. So we think that if average mortgage rates remain above the 5% mark, then it heightens the chances of price falls next year. But we are starting to see rates come down. So I don't think price falls are sort of written in the stars just yet. Um, in terms of the sort of timings of, of, of rate cuts, it's widely expected that the Bank of England will start cutting rates towards the end of next year to help boost the economy. And this will help those looking to buy or those who need to remortgage. But I think it is inevitable now that we have entered this higher interest rate era. And it's very unlikely that we'll see mortgage rates fall back to the one or even two percent mark like we saw in 2021. 
Gosh, I remember the days of us talking about sub-zero mortgage rates on the show. Things have changed, Rob, haven't they? I know we've talked about this uh, in recent weeks, haven't we? Yeah, me and you have had this conversation in the office, haven't we, so many mm-hmm. times? Because you've remortgaged, right, I think? And and I've been stung. That's to put it out there. Yeah, exactly. That's not what we want to hear, is it? I mean, I've ended up, and this is obviously the first time that I'm going to have a mortgage buying this flat. So I'm now, I'm going on a tracker mortgage, which, right? yeah, it's something that having spoken to my mortgage advisor, they said, this is not something we would ever have previously kind of recommended because the, the tracker mm. rates would never be competitive with the, the mortgage, the fi- with the fixed term rates that you used to be able to get hold of. But I've, I've gone on that tracker mortgage because that has offered me slightly lower rates compared to what you'd get for, for fixed term. And and I am therefore hoping that what Anisha said there is correct and the interest rate that that is linked to does start to come down at the end of 2023. Mm. Yeah, I hope it works out for you, Rob. Thank you. And Grace, just to let the listeners into a little secret, what did you just say to us? I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> Everyone was like, do you, do you want to talk about mortgage rates? So I was like, well, I've um, I, I we remortgaged just before it all went really bad. It had started to go bad. We we didn't get a great rate by by any means, but yeah, it 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 definitely uh, was better than it could have been. So so we've come out of this pretty lucky. I think we'll see where we are in five years. Five years, wow. I think we should move on very swiftly now. <laughs> I've heard too much, Grace. I'm afraid. <laughs> Through gritted teeth, me and Lucia are delighted for you. Well, we'll all be on tender hooks uh, to see how the base rate changes in 2023, especially you, Rob. And it's safe to say we'll be keeping a very close eye on it on the Money Podcast. And you'll hear plenty of episodes on mortgages, as well as house prices and the property market more generally in the new year. Right. These questions are coming in thick and fast. So, Grace, it's your turn. Off you go. Right. So, Sarah has been in touch. She says, I'd love to hear more about the PSTI bill. I work in IT and there's loads of talk about this at the moment. What is it and what could it mean for our devices? So this question's all about tech and security. And for everyone listening, the PSTI bill is actually something we've been campaigning on at which it stands for the Product Security and Telecommunications Infrastructure Act, which I'm sure you'll agree is a very catchy title. It's mouthful, uh, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It's, yes. Um, so to help answer Sarah's question, here is Andrew Lachlan from our product testing team. Over the past 10 years, which has been working to highlight problems in smart products. Now, smart products are not inherently bad. They bring greater functionality uh, to dishwashers, washing machines, televisions uh, than we've ever had before. By connecting them to the internet, we are able to unlock new potentials. So that may be uh, turning on your TV with your voice. It may be watching Netflix. It may be seeing when your washing machine is done via an app. Uh, It could be seeing a security camera um, uh, when you're on the go. It could be all manner of different functionality that's facilitated by the internet, usually through your smartphone, uh, which we've all got with us. Uh, And actually, it is a not just a, a, a sort of flash in the pan from the tech groups uh, at tech shows. It, it is the the way that all of our products are going. You know, soon uh, we'll see uh, smart functionality being ubiquitous uh, in everything that we buy. But the problem with that is if smart technology is not secured, it's not dealt with in a responsible way, then it can open up problems. So that could be hackers 
coming into your home and uh, hacking, targeting your devices, or it could even be a shortening of the lifespan of those devices because people abandon the software and move on to the next and new. Now, we've been campaigning for a long time with this and working with the government, and we are very pleased to see that a new bill has come into force, which will put down a baseline of security. So previously, there was no requirements on manufacturers to make sure these devices were secure and, and safe for you to use. But now there will be uh, once this bill comes fully into force. Uh, and that will stop uh, in three core areas, um, allowing weak default passwords. So people, hackers can just find your device and put in admin admin or some kind of other easily guessable terms and just access your appliance really easily. Sadly, we've seen a lot of cases of that. Um, they will also have to respond uh, to security disclosures. So if, say, a body like Witch or a security researcher or even yourselves reports a security issue, these companies have to take it seriously. And thirdly, and possibly most importantly, they will have to tell you at the point of you, of you buying the product how long they're going to service that device with really important security updates. So how long, basically, they're going to make sure that device is secure so you know that when you're using it, if anything pops up, they're going to get a step in and fix it. Well, hackable, hackable appliances, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you might think, okay, if my washing machine is hacked, there's not a huge amount of risk associated with, with that. But if maybe it was a child's toy, and Grace, you're, you're a parent, so maybe you might be better placed to, to answer this, really. That seems like it could be a little more worrying, right? Yeah, and I know which has done research in the past where children's toys have been able to be hacked into. And I agree. It's 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 one of those things that isn't really top of mind, mm. but actually it is a threat, and it's actually it's scarily easy mm. for one of these hackers to hack into a device. And the thing is, even if they hacked into a washing machine, which it's like, okay, what are you going to do by hacking into my washing machine? If if that washing machine's linked up to your Wi-Fi, they could potentially hack every every device that's linked up to that wi-fi so it's a kind of a chain reaction so mm. it's i'm really pleased that we've been able to to influence it at which we actually did an entire tech insecurity season on which investigates a while back so if you want to listen to that just search which investigates wherever you're listening or you can scroll down this podcast feed after this episode Really interesting stuff. Now, we've got two questions left, and one is for you, Rob, on which shorts. Do you want to take that first? Yeah, of course. This is from a listener who is after, like I'm sure we all are, some travel recommendations in the new year. I am interested, though, before we get to that, have either of you two locked in any of your plans for 2023? I have. I'm very, very excited. I'm going to Barbados in January, and I cannot wait. Is that what happens when you can lock in your fixed-term mortgage earlier? I'm pleased you said it, Rob. <laughs> That's very exciting though, Grace. When are you going? Um, end of Jan. I just feel like it's the perfect time of year. But it's also, it's my auntie's, um, it's a big birthday and she lives out there. So oh, loads really nice. of our family are making the trip over. And um, we're just going to have a week of just spending family time in the sun. And I just can't wait. We'll be thinking of you from the office uh, in January. I think you know me. I'm I'm quite a, a last minute person, um, <laughs> as with all my Christmas presents, which I've bought in the last week or so. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll just be booking last minute. Rob, what, what about you? Yeah, I'm not sure what holiday plans 2023 is going to have in store, as well as buying a flat obviously, which I mentioned earlier on, I'm also getting married next year. Another congratulations, Rob. Thank you. 
a lot of money. So I don't know how much money is left in the holiday fund, to be honest. But maybe maybe a cheap weekend break somewhere, hopefully. We'll have to do another podcast uh, on weddings for you, Rob, next year on the Money Podcast. We cert- No, we certainly should. That would be really, really helpful. Shall we find out, though, what recommendations our experts have for our listener after mm. the travel recommendations for the new year? Now, they didn't leave their name, but they said, me and my partner are looking for somewhere to visit in the new year and are considering Grand Canaria after hearing it featured on a Witch Shorts episode earlier in the year. Well, to answer that, I'll hand you over to one of our senior travel researchers and writers. And here's Laura Sanders. Well, Gran Canaria is a good choice, actually. It's one of the warmest places in Spain at this time of year. If you're keen to stick with Spain, then uh, some of our other best value uh, Spanish islands are Fuerteventura, Lanzarote, Mallorca and Menorca. So you could always consider those two if the purse strings are a bit tight after Christmas. Elsewhere, then you've got Madeira in Portugal. Now that is growing in popularity. And according to Skyscanner data, it's also getting cheaper as well as it's getting more popular. Now, when we researched Madeira for the cheapest destinations feature, it wasn't one of the cheapest, but whether that's going to change in 2023, I don't know. But it's a really nice place to visit in the cooler months because there are loads of hiking trails and lovely outdoor activities you can do in the mountains and you can see the volcanic landscape and it's just really lovely. And of course, it's going to be crowd free in the new year too. But it does only hover around 14 degrees Celsius in January. So if you're looking for heat, then I would stick with your Gran Canaria or um, or somewhere like that or your Canaries. Um, another one to consider if you're willing to wrap up and you're looking for more of a cultural city break is Budapest. Hungary is one of our best value destinations this year. So, you know, in January, you are looking at minus two Celsius at high temperatures. Lots of sightseeing to do. You've got the Citadel on the hill. And of course, you've got Margaret Island as well, which is an island in the middle of the river. And you can get there on public transport. And then on this island, you can rent a bike, you can cycle around it. Sort of like a little holiday island in the middle of this big city. So that's really cool to visit. And of course, you've got lots lots of history, um, lots of museums, lots of beautiful architecture. So if you are looking for something different, something good value and something a bit cultural instead, then definitely consider Budapest. I was really pleased to hear Laura there mention Menorca when she was talking about the Spanish islands. Somewhere I went in October for a bit of bit of autumn sun and it was really nice and actually more affordable than I was expecting. How hot was it? How hot was it? It was perfect for me, Grace, because it didn't go above 25, which, which temperature never should in my eyes. I have been to Budapest, really good food. I would like to go to Gran Canaria. I'm a winter sun lover as well. Well, I, I'm not sure if I should say as well, Rob, because I don't think you are really. But I, I probably could. I could enjoy a slightly high, uh, higher temperature than that. But, um, but yeah, really, really good uh, suggestions from Laura. Yeah, definitely. And if you are the person that sent in that question and you do end up taking Laura up on one of those recommendations, make sure you do let us know. Obviously, get in touch with us on social. We're at Which UK or send us an email, podcast at witch.co.uk. I do love talking about holidays, but you know, that's not usually uh, my bread and butter. And that brings us to uh, our final question of today, which isn't about holidays, and it's about savings in 2023 and how to make the most of your savings. Here's Luke with his question. Hi, Witch, I've got a question. With the interest rates likely to keep rising, should I wait to invest my savings or are there good deals around right now? Thank you, Luke. And to bring us up to speed on savings accounts, here's our brilliant podcast regular and deputy editor of The Witch Money magazine, Sam Richardson. 
So there are good deals around right now. And actually, it's not a given that savings rates will continue to increase. Money Facts data suggests that rates on long-term fixed-rate savings accounts have peaked and are now falling, which means that you shouldn't wait. In October, it was possible to get a five-year savings account paying over 5%. The best are now around 4.9%. One-year rates also falling, with the best now around 4.3%. So when banks offer long-term savings accounts, they need to look several years into the future. And it's now expected that Bank of England base rates, around which banks base their own rates, will actually peak next year. So locking your money into a long-term savings account isn't a decision to be taken lightly. For emergency savings in particular, use an instant access account. The good news is that rates on these are still rising and you should look for a rate around 3%. For money that you don't need for at least five years, consider investing it. Unlike today's savings accounts, investing offers a possibility of beating inflation, but you could of course lose some or all of your money. I think that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions, actually. one of It's on my January to-do list to actually put some money in a, in a good savings account with, with a good rate. Because as Sam says, it looks like they're falling. So there's, there's no time like the present, is there? Yeah, I was actually going to say, this is quite a good question to end on because it kind of links to the new January, new you idea. But I, I, I like that in terms of sorting out your finances and kind of getting to those admin tasks that really just feel like a bit of a drag throughout the year, don't they? You know, we've got enough of on our we've got enough on our plate, let alone getting a new uh, savings account uh, or remortgaging. But um, they're so, so important. They can save you a heck of a lot of money. And is there ever a better time to do it than now, like this bit between Christmas and New Year? Because this is almost the only week where you kind of sometimes do get a little bit of time to yourself. So maybe no time like the present. With a mince pie and a mulled wine. Yeah, that would make the whole process significantly better. Thank you so much to Sam for the answer and all our experts and to everyone who sent in voice memos to us today. Uh, just to flag it again, if you have a question relating to any of the Witch podcasts, please do get in touch. Just send us an email to podcasts at witch.co.uk. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then I must urge you to check out our suite of podcasts, which investigates, publishes new episodes every other Monday, which shorts has new episodes every Wednesday and the Witch Money Pod is out every Friday. Now, before we go, we've already talked about Christmas. We've already talked about potential holidays for 2023. Grace, you're probably already thinking about, was it Barbados? Mm, yeah. Probably already on your mind already. It would be wrong, of course, not to ask, what are we all up to for New Year's? If you're listening to this just after the podcast come out, just a few days away, so what are we up to? Well, I'll be up north with my um, partner's family in Hull. We'll be getting the train uh, there and back, so really, really hoping that we don't get stuck anywhere along the way, because it's quite a long way from London. Or it can be, especially if you're having to change. Mm. I am... I'm going to a friend's house um, who's also got kids of a similar age. And so I think there's going to be a few sort of parents there. And we're, uh, don't tell the kids this, uh, but we're, we're putting on last year's fireworks, probably around 8pm. That's a genius idea. Oh, that's nice. Will you make it till midnight? I'm sure the parents will, not the kids. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I think we're planning for them all to just sort of crash out on a sofa somewhere. You could do that really great trick of um, saying that midnight is when the fireworks go off. So the kids are like, oh, okay. Like, it's all over now, and now we go to bed, and then you can carry on. 
Yeah, I'm I'm similar similar plans, just just without the the child element really. So there'd be no fake fireworks for my evening at least. <laughs> we're uh, we're going out for a Thai meal with some friends and then back to someone's house for some for some New Year's drinks. So yeah, very excited about it. Oh, well, that's today's show then. A huge thank you, more thank yous for you listening. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed everything you heard from us over the course of 2022. And a big thanks to again to all of our experts for their insightful answers on today's show. We'll be back with new episodes in 2023. So until then, have a wonderful new year. Thank you.